but it is attractive. It's I take this from skateboarding. How many skateboard videos do you see where people really fail? Like, I don't know. I've spent whole afternoons to get one trick on camera. So, like, you never see those whole afternoons. But it's also interesting to see, you know? Hello, and welcome to the Creative Weirdo Podcast. Because today's weirdo is tomorrow's genius. In this episode, I'm having a conversation with Javier Benitez. Javier is a 3D artist and game developer who at only 25 years old has already achieved a pretty impressive career. And that's one thing that struck me immediately about this guy is that he has this maturity and perspective that usually takes people uh, (laughs) thinking mainly about myself here many, many years to develop. He's got courses on ArtStation, he's doing live mentorships on Twitch, he's also developing a game and putting out a a regular devlog on YouTube. Although Javier's career focus is, is mainly around 3D and gaming industry, I think there's a ton of valuable nuggets in this conversation for, for anybody around finding and keeping inspiration and just creativity in general. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Javier Benitez. So maybe we could just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. My name is Javier Benitez. I'm a 3D artist working in the video games industry. Um, been working for seven years on AAA, uh, on big titles like Red Dead Redemption 2 or uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Home from the Revolution, Sony, VR Worlds, Call of Duty, a lot of big titles. And uh, right now I'm working on an outsourced company um, where I'm working as an art director. Uh, so we basically get hired to make the art for games. And yeah, after seven years uh, doing stuff for other people, I decided it would be a moment, a very good moment to uh, just go ahead and do my own thing. So I started developing my own game, which right now doesn't have a name, but it's all under the uh, Project Foster uh, label, let's let's call it. Um, Foster is my dog, by the way. You might hear him <laughs> in nice. the background. Nice. But um, yeah, I mean... First pet, first game, first project. So I said, well, let's call it Project Foster and we'll have to think about a name later. But yeah, um, that's pretty much me. Uh, I guess we'll get to know each other a bit better for sure. during this conversation. So you're, you're, you're a freelancer. Is that, yes, so you've been, what, you were working full-time and then you, you, you quit to freelance. Yes. Um, I've always wanted to freelance. And uh, so I think... It's, this is my dad's fault every single time. Uh, he starts saying how he wants a farm with chickens and, uh, you know, have, have loads, loads of natural eggs and plant tomatoes and stuff like that. And every time I'm in a, in a job for more than, I don't know, a year, which always um, includes the, the uh, how do you call this? It's mandatory for me to move to another country so I can't be with my family. So after a year or so, uh, I always get this idea, you know, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to start a farm now. And the best way to do it is freelancing. So last year, or was it two years ago already? It was a long time. 
um, yeah, just I just said, okay, it's it's time now. You've been working for that was around five six years for other people, you know. Um, you got to start your own in order to get what you want. And I went freelance, and it's working out really well so far. Awesome. Yeah. I got well. I, I can uh, I can definitely relate to that. Like I went freelance um, in uh, 2018, I think. I always forget. No, I think it was 17. Yeah, I think it's like three years now. And uh, and I've got chickens. We got chickens. Like <laughs> we got chickens this summer. So nice. it's a it's a, it's a logical step. Freelance then chickens. <laughs> It works like that, right? Exactly. That's it. That's it. Freelance, couple of years, chickens, eggs, all the, all the eggs you can eat. Nice. Perfect. So, That's awesome, um, man. You live in a farm? No. Well, it's like uh, we moved out. We were living in the city in Copenhagen, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and we moved out last uh, summer of 2019. We moved out to a house like in the nice. sort of – sort of. it's kind of a village just outside Copenhagen. Nice. Uh, so we got like a garden, and there was already a hen house in the garden. Mm-hmm. So all we had to do was just get some chickens and we were like nice. good to go. So we got these four little chickens that they, oh, man. they just kind of run around and terrorize the place, but they give us delicious <laughs> eggs. So it's all good. <laughs> so anyway, like, so getting back to, to the freelance thing now, so you're, you're currently, you're sort of working on a freelance project and then the game development stuff is, is just on your own time. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Well, I'm currently in vacations like from since yesterday, I think. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I plan to do it. Like, um, just work full time for the company and then do my own thing. Yeah. And you're also, you've also got, um, so this is kind of how I came across. You also have, uh, some online courses on ArtStation, and you're also doing live streams on Twitch, right? Where mm-hmm. you're kind of, you're also doing live mentoring. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so the the reason well the reason i have these art station courses is uh when i was working when i first started freelancing for a company called decagon um one of the guys there alex Beddows, is the um uh was the content learning content manager for our station and he um he proposed it to everyone and you know i i took the chance and i was asked to make one course and i ended up making four <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was very excited about it. Um, I've been a teacher before at uni. Um, and I always knew that teaching was going to be what, what, you know, um, made me really happy because being with people and, and, you know, making sure they're learning, it's, it's a good project. You know, it's when, I don't know, I think it's like when you post something online, right? You, you like to see the growth of it, but if you take that to a person, you, you put some knowledge into someone and you see him growth like, like a plant and achieve things that, you know, they've achieved because they have the knowledge you gave them, but also because of their own inputs. All of that for me, it's super exciting. So um, I just said, yes, like, let's go for the courses. I'm sure they'll, they'll reach a lot of people. And I wasn't, I wasn't sure they were going to reach this many people i thought like you know maybe a couple hundred you know a thousand but like i'm receiving messages every day of people saying well thank you for doing this you know and that's really really nice that awesome. people reach out and and say yeah. they've you've you've helped them right and yeah 
Yeah. Awesome. Why, like, why do you think your courses are, are, I mean, obviously there's a ton of stuff out there and I guess, you know, a lot of stuff like I've, I've, I'm, I'm in that kind of game myself and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not easy to have something take off. I think like, what do you think, what do you think it is about your stuff that resonates with people? Um, well, of course, like being on our station is like, huge you know like not everyone has access to that and that that already is a selling point for Mm -hmm. for the courses but um my courses i think um i think i put myself out there as an approachable person or at Mm -hmm. least that's how i want to 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 be Mm -hmm. i don't know if i do a good job by like looking at like looking like this or not but for me it's all about the human value in everything you do, right? So if I do the courses and I want people to reach back to me, I want, I want, I want to help people. I don't want to help myself or make money because you get paid for those courses and you get paid well, like it's good money. But in reality, you know, like they let you choose the topics and I wanted to do at least one that I knew was going to help people. And one of the things that has always been pursuing me was the the uneasiness you know the not being in peace with my own mind mm-hmm. so i knew i wasn't alone at there in there because i've had a lot of co-workers that um had that you know like that insecurity of never doing it good enough and and so on so i think that course in particular is the one that is a good introduction to who i am and it has led people towards the other two courses awesome yeah, totally. I, I really resonate with like having also like had some. I've I've hit some burnout myself like a few years ago, and that that also kind of set me on that. I guess the kind of trajectory I'm on now, this kind of path of looking more a little bit more philosophically about stuff, about the way yeah. I look at work and all of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, like that, and that was the course that that sort of you know you say about bringing that sort of. Uh, approachability and that human side like I, that was what came across to me immediately I think is you know that you straight from the off you're talking about things like imposter syndrome and insecurity and I think a lot of in the creative world a lot of the time we kind of we hide that I think I think from my experience pretty much everybody who does any kind of creative work there's an element of insecurity there um, but we all try to hide behind this kind of you know professional uh mask as it were yes. and it's very easy to feel like oh yeah i'm the only one who feels insecure i'm the only one that like you know has self-doubt or anything it's the like feeling that. of loneliness that really kills you you know mm-hmm. like uh because one of the things that made me feel so good about talking to people that you know you were friends with at work is that uh you got that same feedback from them you know like oh this is also happening to me you're not the only one I was so scared that I was going to be fired in my first job. And I was, I always told my friends like, well, this might be my last week. And they all said like, they might me, they might fire me too, you know? And it was like, we all shared that stuff. Like, I mean, I started working when I was 19, so I was just a kid, but I was surrounded by kids as well who had the same fears. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> like getting that feedback from other people, like, you, there's as i told you before like there's countless messages i got from people saying that I've, i'm going through this moment right now 
you know this mm-hmm. is happening to me and hearing your course is making not is not making me feel alone you know i know that there's some other people out there that um has the same issues and mm-hmm. has gotten over it and most of the time it's just immature like uh, how do you call this immaturity no maturity yeah could yeah. be the word okay yeah, yeah. we could mm-hmm. use it it's yeah. immaturity yeah uh-huh. <laughs> um because when you when you've been working for seven years and you start getting offers and people start to to, to you start to realize um that you know your work is not that bad or ha- or it has never been bad bad you know you 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 look behind you and you see your successful career and you say well maybe i've been a bit dramatic about the whole situation right yeah. mm-hmm. and it makes you think towards the future too right like am i being too dramatic now like i was being in the past mm-hmm. so it's all about how much perspective you get in life right because so, yeah. you need that perspective for to, in order to get that perspective you need to suffer you know <laughs> which is like a bit dramatic but it's true i think yeah well I, i i mean i agree and disagree like i think there is that element of like suffering and and sort of learning and growing from it but i think mm-hmm. there's also like you, the thing you said about you know the fact that you shared your fears with other people helped you realize that oh hang on i'm not the only person other people feel the same way and so i think you can actually make life a lot easier for yourself too because i think if you're a good listener good listener but also but also good i think you also have to be open enough to actually you know share your own vulnerability because i think exactly, that was something yes. that was something that i maybe was was part of my problem was that you know yeah. i i felt like i was doing fine until and i was 36 years old when i had like and i'd been working in the industry for like 15 years or so and 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 i burned out really hard and um part of it was i mean there's a lot of things that go into it but part of it was that i wasn't really talking to anybody about it you know because mm-hmm. even to myself i was saying oh, i'm fine you know i don't get stressed <laughs> out i'm cool and i was just kind of like you know it's just like this this like you know it's like this bomb that was like building up and, yes. and I was just pushing it down, pushing it down. Oh, no, 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 no. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know? And it wasn't like until Flanders. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then just at <laughs> some point just, just went off and, and you know, just the, everything just, you know, fell apart really. Yeah. And it wasn't until after that, that I started, you know, opening up and talking about it. And, and that was when I realized like, You know, and it's kind of, it's part of the reason I, I do it now is this, I mean, it's like you say, it's beautiful to be able to share with other people and, and help people who, you know, maybe think there was someone who thought they were alone and realized that, you know, maybe I'm not this mm-hmm. the weirdo, maybe I'm not the only one, you yeah. know, there's other people out there, but also I do it for myself because, because I've realized if, if I share my vulnerability then it, it means i don't have to hold on to it anymore and exactly. that's where i think a lot of the stress comes from that it's not just we're all going to experience stress i think in, in work life but if we if we hold on to it and don't let it you know just don't acknowledge it and don't share it then it's it's like double the the burden because it's like yes. we're trying to pretend like everything's cool right exactly and and, and that's why like one of the things i said in the in the videos too is like um talk to your boss, you know, 
if if you feel because for me it was my main source of insecurity am i doing well enough like understand you're surrounded by people you know that have things you know and yeah humans yeah so we and forget that sometimes right yeah but other people <laughs> well, are really do, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah like speaking is is the key to everything that's something i learned very recently like if you don't talk to people about things it's just it's just a bomb you know it's you you filling it with dynamite with sorry with uh gunpowder yeah and when you let it go you know it's like if you if you talk regularly to people you obviously don't want to be like the the star of the show all the time you know there's that's a whole different story but like if you talk to people you try to solve problems by speaking to them it's always gonna it's it's like 99% of the times it's gonna work mm -hmm. yeah communication exactly yeah so like was there i mean you're how, how old are you if you don't mind me asking? i'm 25 25 okay so yes. like that, that's from my perspective you're you're still a baby so <laughs> it's i think it's really that's something else that uh you know i could tell you you're, you're fairly young and it's a very mature perspective i think you've got you know i think some people go through their whole career and don't like and that's get that's that. why i said the the maturity of it the um where does it come uh, from do you think like wh oh, it's what is what it i told it's perspective it's perspective but where did you get the perspective from um so i'm i'm a very anxi anxious, anxious person yeah uh -huh. i suffer from anxiety as a condition uh like dictated by doctors so um anxiety has this one thing for me and that's uh looking for the source of the anxiety right um and this is why sometimes i wish i was uh and this is not that i'm saying i'm very intelligent or not or whatnot but i wish i was uh not intelligent person like someone without the cap capability to reason and and think because sometimes this anxiety uh, only makes me think about the whole you know my whole entire existence and why things are the way they are and stuff like that so i think maturity in this field because i'm very immature in very other fields comes from um a lot of analysis of the whole situation so analyzing the situation and actually this is why like you i think you weren't agreeing with me on you have to live in order to learn like listening to other people's uh, perspective is good as well but for me if i don't like if i don't trip on the stone i don't know it's there and that's um and that's the way that that's why i uh, hope i'm not going around in circles too much but no for me like tripping on the stone shows me that there's a stone that i should avoid mm. and um i think i'm mature because i'm 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 willing to to try and with trying comes failure and from failure comes learning and this is a very negative perspective maybe but you know um you also learn from the good things you know you also learn that if you smile to a girl she might she might like you back you know or or something like that true she doesn't have to slap you to, in order for you to know what she doesn't like you know yeah yeah <laughs> like you can always, you can also learn with positive things true but no, I, uh, sadly, I think I get... a lot of them are were bad and you know but it, not you know i'm here I'm, I'm living so it's it's not that bad 
I think what, what I get from, from what you're saying is it's about risk. That's how I would, I would, um, sort of, um, perceive that anyway, you know, it could be negative or positive in terms of the motivation, but there's, it's, it's those risks, you know, when you know that you're sort of stepping slightly out of the comfort zone, you know, if you're using the, you know, smiling at a girl analogy, there isn't, you know, even if it's maybe a little thing, but there's an element of risk because there's an element of, you know, what if she, like you say, what if she slaps me, there's rejection there. Right. And, and, and that is definitely, I would say like that, that is the the kind of key to learning, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I totally agree with you about, you know, failure is, is how we learn. It's like, so the more, the more often you fail and, and there's all kinds of people, you know, like successful entrepreneurs and stuff. We talk about that all the time, right? Yes. Like Steve Jobs and people like yeah. that, like failing, you know, the more you fail, the more you learn. And, you know, I only got successful by, cause I failed more than other people, yeah. that kind of thing. Like you hear exactly. that again and again. Exactly. So, but, but at the same time, it's like, um, you know, I, there's obviously something that you have that makes you, uh, sort of willing to, um, to to sort of endure that failure or or take those risks, yeah. And may, maybe that anxiety has something to do with it because you, it's it's. Sort I know of, what it is. I I've I've known I've known it from, like since since it happened. So I the moment I dropped out of school, I knew I had to work hard and try. You know, if I didn't try, I was I was not gonna get it. Right. And uh, everyone was telling me you have to go back to school. Um. I don't, I don't have a high school degree. Um, a lot of people were telling me, you have to get a high school degree. You're not going to be able to get a job without a high school degree. You have to, you have to, you have to. And I said, well, maybe what I need to do is learn a job, you know, and learn to be a successful person and learn, learn to work and learn to live life the way I want to live it. And you know, a, a lot of the journey has been trying to know what I want, but like most of it has been, you know, uh, that push. Like, if if you drop this, there's nowhere to go. Right, and and that's a very big push. Mm. So, how did you get into like? How did you get into 3D then? So you dropped out of school, and what like what what did you what did you do so then? I I was I tried to study. Um, visual effects in terms well not visual effects it wasn't visual effects it was video editing like uh you know cutting and slicing and you know (laughs) just that stuff and uh one of the subjects was uh maya 3d for we were doing vfx on on one of them you know it was like super basic but i fell in love man and i dropped out of that school too uh (laughs) to (laughs) to come home and and you know just spend eight hours a day just modeling i found forums that um of course this wasn't done like oh, i'm a crazy guy I, I i drop out of school you know um i speak to people i you know all my life i've been around people that have been older than me and they've told me about things you know i've been around a lot of photographers because i used to do a lot of skateboarding so i did, did um 10 years of skateboarding and that uh, got me a lot uh, around a lot of you know, uh, creative people with uh, graphics and uh, also graffiti and uh, music. You know, it, it was all about creativity, right? And I was very interested in the video editing side of, of skateboarding. And and yeah, I, I, 
I thought I wanted to do that. I started learning Maya and um, I did it at home. But yeah, I mean, why, why I didn't do this like in, in without thinking about it. Like all these people were telling me these video editors, these video filmers, they will say, they were saying like, all you need here is to know what you're doing. You don't need a degree. You don't need to go to university in order to get a job as a video editor for this company or that other company. And, um, they were telling me that and that's why I dropped out of school to do um, video editing. And then of course I did my research with 3D to see if it was the, the same case and it was. So that's why I was able to like say, okay, uh, I, now I've found what I want. You know, I, this is what I want to do. I, this is allowing me to create whatever I want. I can do 3D, I can do animation, I can do texturing, I can do so many things it's so exciting video games you know i ended up doing video games but i've i've done everything i've done um 3d printing for uh, a star uh, like a star wars um type of movie that they were recording the the uh the models and then composing that into the you know some like stop motion and, yeah stuff awesome. like that but it was like professional and then um i did uh, flight simulation for for uh, a country's army that I think I shouldn't disclose, uh, but <laughs> they were doing flight simulation for their latest uh, fighting planes, and I was doing like little houses for them. And I've done a lot of things, and then I, I stumbled across video games. But I don't want to go too much into <laughs> like. I'll let you do the questions before I. No, I go this is so really interesting. Okay. I think this is really interesting. You know, I mean, the general like topic of this kind of podcast is, is mm -hmm. sort of creativity, but it's also about, you know, we're all unique and we all have our own sort of path. We all have our own kind of, you know, exp everyone, everyone, no one's, nobody's experience is the same as yeah. anybody else. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, and it's just, I think it's, it's really cool to hear nobody's path. No two paths are the same, but you can, you can always get like, you know, you can relate to different parts of those story. And it can also, I think from listening to you, it's it'd be really interesting for people who are maybe starting out in their career, you know, maybe getting into VFX or motion design yes. or whatever it is. And maybe I think there's, you know, people get very hung up on, should I go to school or not, you know, go to university? Oh. Like what software do I need to learn? There's, there's a lot of yes. things you can get stuck on, but it sounds like to me that you kind of just dived in, you know, you kind of had that, I guess you had that a bit of a rocket behind you because you were <laughs> kind of knew that you had to start, you know, earn a living and stuff, which, which yes. helps. Yes. Um, but it also sounds like you were kind of following your passion to a certain extent as well. Well, if I have to look back, I don't know what I was thinking. It was it was such a big uh, risk, you know. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, like a little, like a, some three, four months ago, uh, I live in Madrid. So the community of Madrid uh, came across my profile, and they decided to interview me. And they decided to also interview my mother for for the government, right? They wanted to push. Um, youngsters into the new careers that they're arising uh, and they interviewed my mother and she was she was saying in the interview um, that t having a kid that tells you 
he wants to do video games for a living. It's as if some, you know, a, a girl came to you saying she wanted to be a singer or a model or a footballer or, you know, uh, things like that. You know, it sounds so, so impossible. Like just a few people make a living out of that. Yeah. And, and this, this is so true, man. It's so true. It really sounds like that. You know, you drop out of school to make video games. Like, are you, are you really crazy? And it worked for me because like all the stars aligned or something. Uh, but I really didn't know what I was getting into. I just knew that I, want, I had to work hard. But, you know, I had some, I never knew anyone that did video games. I knew filmers, I knew photographers that made a living out of that, but that was a normal job, you know? We get photography all the time, we get filming all the time, television and stuff, but games, like, it, it really sounds like, you know, something for kids or, you know, adolescents. Yeah. But it's a huge industry now, right? Like, yeah. you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, like, you know, being making video games would be like, yeah, that's a fantasy job, <laughs> but but more and more it's becoming like, it it's is a pretty, thing. Yeah. you know, it's, there's a lot of, it's a huge industry, right? Growing yes. all the time. So, so how, how much, like how much of your motivation back then was, would you say, um, you know, because you, you were working towards a job, like, oh, if I learn the software, I can get a job or, and how much of it was just, I'm just, I just really want to do this because, you know, I just love it. Uh, it was it was the second thing. I I knew I knew I loved it. I knew there was there was something I could get out of it. I was also very young. I wasn't expecting to get a job at nineteen. Like that for me was like a lot. Like I really wasn't expecting that. And uh, I'm saying triple A games job. Because um, my first job was at eighteen at doing three D models. Um, but. I wasn't expecting that, you know, it, it's for me, I thought, I thought I was, I was going to be like two, three years into it and then, you know, start to get some, I don't know, part-time, you know, apprenticeships or, or something like this, but it, it really caught me off guard, my first job offer. So I was pursuing I was I was just making sure I was happy with what I was doing and that I got visibility on the forums. That's all I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. Like getting Polycount to, you know, at least have 10 comments on my post saying like, hey, this is nice. That was all I do. I was doing. Then awesome. our station came up and, you know, that's when I got my first job offer. Nice. So this kind of like, from what I hear you saying, I kind of identify like two kind of big sort of risk factors that you're taking. Like one of them is is that you're you're basically doing what you love. You're just kind of indulging. I, I really want, I just found the software and I love it. Mm -hmm. And the other risk that you're taking is you're, you're actually putting your work out there. You're putting it on the internet. Exactly. And I think that's, you know, both of those places I see a lot of people sort of trip up in the first case. I think a lot of people get hung up on that fear of, I, I really love doing this thing, but maybe I don't see many people getting a job from this or, you know, or suddenly seeing all of these other or basically the whole of society, you know, mm. telling you that you don't, you can't make money doing that. So you should do something yes. else. I think a lot of people fall for that one straight away. And then, and then the, the second one, also a lot of people, myself included, I think hold themselves back by doing the work, but keeping it to themselves because yes. 
because it's scary, right? It's scary to share your stuff, especially when you're starting out because it there's is. so much stuff that's amazing. And then you put yours there and it's like, come on, like, no, everyone's going to, everyone's going to just laugh when they see my work. Right. So like, how did well, you, how did you get over that? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I never had to think about this, but, um, I was just such an, I was an excited kid, you know, to, um, you know, at the start, I, I also wanted to be the best artist in the world, you know, um, I think that's not, I think we all do right if you we get, all, especially when you you, yeah. you 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 love something and you want to be the best at it I think it's yeah. natural yeah well I don't know man I mean it it changes it changes but how I I got over the fear of uh posting my stuff online I I guess I was too how do you say um unconscious but that that's on like when you're sleeping naive maybe like i was naive yeah i wasn't thinking about the risk i wasn't thinking up that someone might laugh at me like i was saying before like i started to learn how to use twitter like a week ago (laughs) um i had facebook but you know i had like maybe 80 friends in there uh for me the internet was wasn't a thing you know, I was a guy of the outside. I, I, I skateboarded. I, you know, spent time with my friends. Uh, you know, we played football, we played basketball, we did a lot of things, but like, I wasn't an internet kid. Um, so I was a hundred percent naive and it came out to be a nice place. Like if I knew what the internet is right now, now I'm really careful with what I do. For example, I promoted my videos on YouTube, but I was naive with that too. Some like the other day, a guy explained to me that uh, when you um, promote your stuff towards gamers and you have an unfinished product, it's very easy that you're going to get dislikes because uh, they want to see the good stuff. They want to see cyberpunk. They want to see, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They want to see the finished stuff, not a devlog, not a guy with three uh gray guys running towards a, a gray gun with a gray barrier and a gray ground you know they don't want to see that they want to mm. see the end result so if back then i knew how the internet was how uh all this cyber bullying all this you know um all this is it is scary for people that knows the internet now i can really understand the fear but i would if i am allowed i would say my message towards them is if you're polite and you respect the community, you're you're allowing that troll or that disrespectful person to show himself as what he is. Yeah. So don't be afraid of people laughing at your work because um, you shouldn't care that a troll or someone that is like stupid is critiquing your work uh in a non-constructive manner so um i guess i would have think about that uh and that's what i think now you know if if someone i'm being i'm being respectful i'm not hurting anyone i'm not being a racist i'm not being sexist i'm not you know promoting any hate messages or anything like that i'm just making my game and trying to grow a healthy community Mm. if someone comes in and starts like saying stupid stuff, you know, 
everyone around me, they're going to see who is this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why is he saying this shit? Like, you know, kick him off or. Yeah. But I always let them, you know, I have fun with, with people like that. Like, <laughs> I always let them show what they are. And it's, you know, it's also, I guess it's rewarding to see that people around you notice because this is something I have a problem with sometimes. Like people around you notice that uh, that you're doing things with your best intention. So as long as you're doing that, you should be like very, very, very safe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Like, and, and also from, you know, from looking at your content as well, it's like you say, it's not, I mean, it's not just that you're not, you're not offending anyone or anything like that, but you're more than that. You're also like, you're actually giving stuff away. Like you're giving away information, like yes. just by sharing the fact, you know, like the, like you say, the, the, the fact that you're sharing stuff, that's not, it's not like a polished finished game. It's like you're, you're showing your process from, from the exactly. ground up, which I think is really valuable for, for so many people who are starting out, you know, like, so they can see, they can learn from your mistakes. They can, you know, um, get inspired by what you're doing. They can get new ideas and all that stuff is just, it's just a gift to people. And, and I, yes. I agree. Like I, I find the same thing. If, if that, if your intention, if, if you, maybe if you come across, like you're trying to, you're trying to somehow, you know, make yourself seem cool or whatever it is then then that's when you're maybe you're making yourself more open to trolls and stuff like that exactly. but if you're if yeah. you're just giving stuff away and i'm still kind of waiting for my first troll really <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and part of me really wants to get some trolls you know because then I've i feel like so i've made it already man. three weeks <laughs> but, and i've had a lot of them wow okay yeah i suppose the, the game maybe the gaming world place. is I suppose, that, and, and you know, I think a lot of those trolls are just kids anyway. They're, they're either kids or they're, you know, they're adults with, you know, very immature minds, right? So like, well, otherwise, why, why would you spend your time like just beating someone else down? It comes from, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's just people that are very insecure and, and yes. really don't like themselves. And it's that's jealousy. Only, yeah. um, like it, you should never let you, let those guys have an impact on what you're doing. Like, yeah. Um, I must admit that uh, I, I spent a day worried because uh, one of my devlogs, number two, um, has got 6.2K uh, views, like 6,200 views in three days, which is a lot for a channel. Yeah. But of course, those views were promoted to um, the gaming community. And I got 35 likes and 17 dislikes. So the ratio was worrying, right? So... Yeah, it was, still better. Was... It's better. It's better than the other way around. <laughs> well, it is. It is. Thank God. But um, and I was worried. I was genuinely worried. My thought for it was, I was naive before I did that. Like someone else had to, had to come in and open my eyes. Um, so I was worried because I've never disliked a YouTube video. Never in my life. I've gone in and said, I think your content is worth my disrespect. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I've never, never in my life felt the entitlement to do so. You know, you do mm -hmm. you. That's your thing. If I don't like it, I'm not going to come back. But I'm never going to tell you you're doing things wrong unless you, unless you ask me for my opinion. Like precisely, you say, hey, Javier, what's your opinion? Then I will give you my opinion. Or if I worry about you and... um I think you're putting yourself in danger. 
then I will give you my opinion too. I'll try to not uh, like keep you from making a mistake. But if you're just a guy making a devlog in YouTube and I don't like the video I'm seeing, I'm not going to dislike, yeah. you know, and that's why I didn't understand. So I asked my, my viewers in Twitch and like not many of them were able to give me a good response. You know, they were saying like, well, don't listen to them. You know, it's, it's nothing important. It's probably, probably just kids. And then one of them, I think it was Bjorn. He came to me and said, uh, what, what did you expect? You're putting what I'd said before, you know, you're putting an unfinished product in front of people that are always looking for a new thing to try out. And, uh, you're saying indie horror game and it's just a gray box. And, I'm sure like 99.5% of those people don't even know what a gray box means. You know? I don't know so, what a gray box is. <laughs> could you, know what, could you <laughs> just, just explain what a gray box is? Just... Yes. So I had, I had it written down here for, for my next devlog. So <laughs> you know what a blockout is? Uh, no, I'm afraid I'm a total, okay. <laughs> a total so, noob. A blockout or a gray box in 3D is the process of composing a scene or a model using blocks or simple geometries. Right. Also can be applied, applied as a substitute for placeholder. Right. So have you, seen, have you seen any of the game that I've done? I saw some of it, yeah. And it's, it's actually very similar. Like we do the same in motion graphics when we're, yes. you know, because obviously, the, you know, it doesn't look polished until right at the end. So you have to work exactly. with, you know, just gray, grayscale, wireframe exactly. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Or if you look at the Pixar making offs, they're, they're animating, you know, uh, super unfinished and untextured characters. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'm never expecting that to be the final movie. Mm -hmm. But uh, so this guy Bjorn told me... Um, you know, this is probably why they're disliking it. You know, they're, they're expecting something else. And that, that made me think, uh, what expectations are you causing to people with your work? And they're, and, and they're not your audience either, right? Like, that's, exactly. I think that's the thing. And, and I think that's, you know, that's the thing that I'm also learning about, you know, using, putting things out on the internet is you kind of have to grow your own audience. Because, exactly. you know, there are people, I think, whoever you are, like, we all have something that is valuable to other people just through exactly. our own perspectives, whatever it is, like whatever that like skill set or set of experiences is, there's something there that other people will resonate with. Mm -hmm. And it's just the, the difficult part or the part that takes time is just connecting with those people, you know, like finding the people that are really just ready to hear what you're saying. That's correct. And I think maybe that's where the, you know, the advertising is, is doesn't really work very well. Cause it, cause it just targets like this big, chunk of exactly, people exactly. and they're not you know because i guess the, the kids who are playing games maybe it sounds like they're they're people who are they like to play and look at finished games they're not really interested in looking at how to build a game so exactly. so they're looking at that and they're comparing it to something completely That's different correct. so and yeah. and the ones that are looking at devlogs like a lot of what they get from the devlogs is memes there's a lot of good devlogs that aren't about memes like uh, you know, you might include one or two because everyone likes a good meme and whatnot. But, you know, I've seen serious devlogs and they're doing pretty well because they've, they are, you know, they've got a very interesting product or something that the people wants to see, you know. In my case, I've, I haven't met a lot of horror fans in terms of, uh, you know, um, movies and, and whatnot. So I know my, you know, my game is going to go for a narrower audience. So promoting my game as a 
indie horror game to gaming uh, to the gaming community wasn't a good move. A good move would have been promoting my indie game to the indie game developer community that also liked horror movies. That might have been a better move. So you always learn from this. It's yeah. you know, it's natural. That's it. I mean, yeah, and it goes back again to that thing of of learning. You know, learning through trying and failing. So you that exactly. you, you 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 did it. Like you you put you put it out there. You tried the thing and it didn't work. And now you have a lesson from it. And yep. if you hadn't done any of that, then you would still be ignorant, basically. Exactly. Right? So it's yes. it's a perfect example of how that process works. Of like yes. just just like taking a risk. And then sometimes it's, sometimes it's a little bit painful too, right? When you get those, you know, you get those <laughs> yeah. bums down and I know what the, how that feels when, you know, you get one negative comment and it's like, you could have like a hundred positives and you see one negative and you yes. just like, Oh my God, it's just like <laughs> great to the heart. Right. Like, yeah. It's like just, when you had all A's like, and your mom's so a five and she's like, well, well but you, but you had a five in biology and it's like, yeah, mom, but I had a 10 in math, in math. And she's like, I don't care about math. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, sucks. <laughs> it sucks. But there, I, yeah. there's something else that you said earlier too, which I think uh, is, 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 I think is, is important as well Is you know, you talked about how you didn't really, you weren't really involved in, you know, social media and stuff like that. Like you have, other interests like you like to be outside you know skateboarding all of that other stuff and and that's a that's a lesson that i also learned the hard way i think mm -hmm. is um i had this periods of my life where i've been really like work became life you know it's like i would wake up and i would think about work and i would work and i would just work all day mm -hmm. and the problem with that is i mean there's 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 a, there's a few problems with it like but but one in terms of like just mental health the, the danger with it is inevitably you're going to have ups and downs, right? You're going to have good days and bad days. And if something, you know, you get bad feedback, you get negative feedback. And if that's the only thing, you know, if that's the main focus of your life, then that negative feedback is going to feel massive, right? It's going to yes. feel like they don't like me. They don't like my life. They don't, you know, it's like that whole, yes. you know, complete like judgment of self. Whereas it, I think if yeah. you, if you have other interests, if you can kind of like, split things apart and i've heard other people say this too about in terms of dealing with with things like depression and, and mental health and stuff it really helps to have like other um areas of interest so that if yes. one of them because inevitably things go right and wrong in different areas and if one of them goes bad at least you have something else you know so if you have yep. some other interest where you know things aren't going so bad at least you can kind of go back to that and find some those I call those uh, toolkits. Toolkits, nice. Because they fix, they fix your life, right? So when your life is going wrong or a very important part of your life is going wrong, you've got a tool to fix what's left of it, you know? And for example, for me, for a long time, it was movies. Whenever I was feeling bad, I went home and watched a horror movie because it made me disconnect from reality. And then you feel much better. Um, reading has been a big one too for me, like reading um, sci-fi. You know, um, yeah, I think those are very, very important to have. And I think those need to be dependent on only yourself. Because friends, friends are nice and all that, but uh, they're not always going to be there. So it's important that 
that I, for me at least it's important that I have something that I can always go to if if whatever happens. So, totally. Yeah. yeah. And the, the other thing with that, you know, having those other, like those other interests, those other areas, then that's feeding into your creative work too, right? So like you saying about like horror movies and now you're making a game based on, you know, on a horror game. So, so that's another thing that I think is really important for, for anybody doing any kind of creative work is to not get too focused because if you get too focused on that one skill or yes. something, then, then you can actually, your work can become a little bit one dimensional because you're exactly. not, you're, and you're only absorbing what other people in your field are doing. And I think exactly. that's where the interesting stuff happens is like, you know, what's happening in somewhere completely different and then bringing that into your field. Hasn't it happened to you that, um, cause to me it has happened more than once that I stopped working for a couple of months, like, like completely not doing any sort of 3d art or, you know, texturing, for example, I don't do any texturing for a year in, cause at work I've been asked to do blockouts. Um, but then I come back and I come back stronger than I was before. And it's not because I've had rest. It's because a lot of stuff has been feeding to my brain and not necessarily like when you have, it's like what they say, you know, like you never forget about riding a bike. Um, you don't forget about texturing. What you learn is techniques to, to, um, um, to bring your ideas to the paper or yeah. to the 3d model. Mm-hmm. So, what happens when you run out of ideas? Uh, you know, even if you have the best techniques, it's not going to work. So if you learn the techniques and then you can, you can continue learning by doing different, completely different things. You can learn about a lot about photography by watching movies. You can learn about storytelling by playing games or I don't know, you can like, it's not a sport. You don't need, you, you know, your muscles to be toned in order to run fast, you need to have ideas. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it it's, hasn't it happened to you? Like it happened to me a couple of times where I got better by doing nothing and just watching. Absolutely. I always feel, I, I feel like, you know, if I'm working a lot over a period of time, it's like I, I can feel my sort of inspiration batteries like fading, you know, and yes. I need to take a break. Like whether it's just, you know, working on something different or, or just taking a break completely um, it's, I always notice it when I come back, it's suddenly, it's just like, I have more energy for it. I have more ideas. I just feel more like just, it's, it's like, it's like getting recharged totally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It reminds me of something I heard. Um, I think it was a pod, uh, a podcast interview with Robert Rodriguez. If you know him, the, the filmmaker, he film made director. like, yeah, film director. He, he did like, uh, yeah. I think I know movies? him. It's, is this like, uh, like. Is kind of a Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, he did like he did like Sin City with Quentin Tarantino, yeah. and he did. Um, and I'm, I'm blanking on the names of his movies, but it, uh, he's. I mean, he's he's done a lot of a lot of cool movies, and he was talking about how when he's on set, like with his actors, like he he makes sure that they have stuff to do. Like he'll put like paint like a canvas and paints and have like uh, games and and all these and he'll like make he'll kind of tell his actors when they're not acting to like do yeah, something yeah. creative that's not acting because it's they get important. so like, you know, when you have these lines and they're repeating these takes over and over again and they just kind of lose that 
creativity because they yes. get so focused on, you yes. know, I have to do this take right. Right. So they yes. taking them out and doing something else that's, that's it creates it like expressive, but it's not the thing. It's like yep. helps to keep them like fresh and keep them like doing new stuff. And that's yes. always like, uh, resonated with me that whenever I feel stuck, it's like, okay, time to just, even if I feel rushed, it's like, I have to finish, but it's not happening. I have to recognize I'm just, I'm, I'm in a dead end right now. And the only way to get out of it is to just reset and do That's something correct. else. Like even if it's just for 10 minutes or half an hour, just like go outside or, you know, just play a game or whatever it is just to like, you know, but do it consciously and then come yep. back when I'm exactly sort of in a it's, different frame of mind. It's also when, when you want to keep, when you, so when, when your brain is sleeping, you know, it like, if you're not doing not anything, your brain starts, starts to fall asleep, you know, and it takes time, you know, it takes months. But I realized this when um, I was going from work to my house. I lived alone in Nottingham. I didn't have a dog yet. So it was only me that I had to worry about. And uh, so I got home at four and I slept, I slept till 8 p.m. Then watch a couple of gameplays in YouTube, had dinner outside, most likely alone. And uh, cause I enjoy being alone and, um, and my brain started to fall asleep and it has been now that I started learning programming that I feel like, I feel like I can learn about anything that I want right now because my brain is active and this is the same with creativity. If you, if you let it sleep, it sleeps and it takes some time to wake it up. But once it's up, if you keep it like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like, well, it does. As long as you're not doing the same thing over and over and over again, uh, your brain is gonna, is gonna, you know, I don't know. It's gonna, it's like your brain capacity increases and you start, you even start to, um, do things that you th you thought you were never going to be able to do. I, I thought I was absolutely ass at programming and now I'm programming my own game. And what's best was the best about this is I think I can do whatever game I want because I'm going to be able to do it somehow, some way or another. And this is not a feeling I had three months ago, but I started programming and you know, my, my brain woke up again after being asleep for so long it's it's such a weird feeling but yeah it's it's about not being lazy it's like cuz it's you know it's easy to get out of out of work and do more 3d cuz that's what you would know how to do if it's not challenging for you it's still going to make your brain sleep mm. you know right it's about the challenge i think a bit more right so you're saying that like when, as soon as you start to feel like you're kind of just doing the same things, you're kind of in that comfort zone. Yes. That's when, that's when it's time to start looking for something that's, else. Yes. At yeah. new stuff. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, man. It can be, I, I know how to, I know lock picking now because I had one of those times that I didn't know what to do. So I picked up a lock pick because I saw a video on, on, on YouTube. And I started lock picking and it just keeps your brain on new stuff. I also know how to work with uh, leather 
and I've made leather bags because that's another way to be creative and to think about and to face challenges that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to face in your day job. You know, it's about, um, it's about keeping your brain awake. And it sounds like, I don't know, man, I start to feel like uh, I'm being a bit of one of those yogis, you know, that tells you to your brain waves and, and stuff. Like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true though. It's so true. If you, if you do different things, you're facing different challenges and you're, you know, you are, you're just, you know, I guess ready to face uh, more type of uh challenges challenges is the word yeah 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 totally and i'm sure there's i'm sure there's plenty of science around that too right like <laughs> yeah neuroplasticity really and all of that kind of yeah. stuff um yeah that that the thing that you're that you're talking about there i think it's it's another thing that i think that people get hung up on like myself included is you know maybe we get a pull towards something like suddenly we get interested and curious about something that's like weird Yes. It's just like, oh. yes. and you're kind of like, oh, it's interesting, but, but it's not going to get, it's not going to get me, you know, it's not going to help me make more money. It's not going to like improve my job. So I'll forget that about it and I'll go back to what I was doing before. That's such an unhealthy thought though, but I've had it so much. Like it's this logical. is not going to make me money. This yeah. Is not it's a very logical thought though, right? You're looking at yes. like, you know, lock picking or leather or whatever. And maybe there's a logical part of your brain that's saying like, that's a waste of time. Yes. But you did it anyway. <laughs> and it's, and you're reaping the rewards for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and it's, it's important. Absolutely. And, and I think that's another thing is you also mentioned laziness and the, you know, I think that's something that I think a lot of us kind of struggle with that feeling of being lazy, but I, what I, my theory about like laziness is, is it's really like, I don't think anybody's lazy. I just think some people just haven't found or haven't allowed themselves to do the thing that, really gets them excited yes. i think you get lazy when you're trying to push yourself into something you don't actually want to do exactly. so the rest of you is kind of you're forcing it but the rest of you is just like i just can't i can't be bothered you know yeah, like it's, and i don't your, think you can get mind good should at, be here but it's there yeah you know that's laziness too you know you like staying in your sort of familiar place mm -hmm. yeah and yeah that's that for me is laziness it's when yeah. You, you, you tell yourself, you know, no, you have to work and you, you sit down, you work and you're thinking, well, but dude, I mean, I should be, maybe I could be a little bit with my dog in bed, you know, and cause I'm sure he misses me and you know, a lot of stuff like that. And, and the real problem is you're not motivated. That's it. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Very, yeah. That's my, true. that's my, that's my measuring stick too, is like when I wake up in the morning, if I feel like, if there's, I mean, there's always, everyone has off days, but if there's like a consistent period where every morning mm -hmm. I wake up and I'm like, I can't be bothered. Like, I just want to snooze. I want to stay in bed. Yes. Then, then it's my signal that, you know, there's something, whatever it is I'm doing at the moment, isn't giving me what I need. And I need to try and, you know, find out what that thing is. That's going to get me excited again. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, totally. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're onto something there for sure. <clears throat> I'll, I'll read about it because it's very it, it should be interesting to know what's the science behind you know this curiosity because i'm always after something new i've always been i remember making um an animated movie when i was like nine years old with the with my dad's 
camera and some Legos, like doing some stop motion. Because I saw, I don't know, I think I saw some making of on, on national TV for one of these, um, you know, the chicken, you know, this, this guy that has a chicken and he's made of plastiline. I don't know, dude. Well, there is the, the, <laughs> yeah. I'll look for the movie. It's, uh, I think it's like, uh, no, Chicken Run, Chicken Run. Oh, Chicken Run. Yeah, I've seen Chicken yeah, Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicken Run. Admin animation. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's awesome. And uh, so I remember seeing the making of, like they were doing a lot of pictures and stuff like that. And dude, it was already 20 years ago, this movie. Eh? And um, I remember seeing this making of and um, for some some sort of movie like this. And I just, I just thought it, this would be cool to make. So I went picked up my dad's camera started doing stop motion and and you couldn't even pass it to the computer i we didn't have a computer i was i was like passing the pictures really quickly in the camera itself and it looked like actual uh motion and i have always done stuff like that you know paid painted bikes um i don't know you know whatever like loads of things and it i, I always had a project in my mind and i think that is that is super healthy it helps you grow so much absolutely it doesn't absolutely. matter if, if it's a five-day project and it's something completely different to what you do like the challenges you're gonna face and what you're gonna learn to to uh, solve you know that's invaluable yeah totally and it doesn't matter what that that voice in your head that says ah waste of time you know yeah, you should do something never else waste like, of time yeah totally never. totally even cooking, man, it, it has nothing to do with, with, you know, with 3D, but you might, you might learn. Like, I didn't know red, red and green uh, were so appetizing. I don't know if, if at some point I'm going to make, uh, have you seen Final Fantasy's 15 movie, uh, sorry, uh, dishes? So no. they, they have a cooking system where you prepare, you know, food for different stats, like more health or, you know, more stamina and whatnot. And the, the, they look super good. And inside the game, inside the game. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I didn't even know, you know, as, as I told you, like, like, uh, five days ago, I was making tofu with, uh, spring onion. <laughs> it looks so appetizing and it's because of the colors. And so you, you know, so the game inspired your cooking. No, no, the, the, the cooking, uh, if at some point I have to make dishes, I know this is appetizing, you know? Right. So you never know where knowledge is going to come from. That's what I meant. You know, it, it might right. even come from cooking. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So you have, to, you have to have that experience, like the more varied your experience is of life, the more yes. it's, like, it's like raw ingredients, right? For, yes. for, for whatever it is that you're doing next. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we're just going to, uh whatever i do it doesn't matter it, it's gonna teach it's gonna teach me something yeah it doesn't really matter what i do if i want to yeah. go walk the dog i've met so met so much people just walking the dog on my my um you know jog pants that i wouldn't like to meet in jog pants because because they're beautiful people and you want to show your best for them but you end up meeting them but same for art man you never know where you're gonna get your source of inspiration that's, I love that. That's oh, wow. a great. That's a great analogy. That's it. Because so often it's like we're wait we're waiting for the moment when we're all perfectly dressed 
you know, I'm not going to share it until I look perfect. But with that, but it, the opportunities always come when you're in sweatpants, right? Or exactly. sometimes you're in your underwear and you just have to go with it. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I think we're, we're getting close to the end, but I also just want to, I guess, getting towards like wrapping up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I, this is a bit of a, um, maybe it's a bit of a, a a tricky question or like a bit of a random question, but like, I'm just curious to hear how, how would you define creativity? Like, what does it mean to you? If you, if you had to like put it into a little box, you know? Okay. Um, so for me, creativity is like, you have a, uh, a box inside your head. Um, and there are lots of little pictures that you can randomly get your, uh, hand in like if it's if, if it's um how do you call like uh I'll, I'll look for the exact word it's important like a lucky dip when you're like yeah, when you're exactly. a kid and you're like putting exactly. your hand in and just grabbing yeah. a random thing yeah exactly for me creativity it's a lucky dip inside your head full of pictures you pick one up and it excites you a lot or not if it does you go for it if it doesn't you leave that thought behind that's creativity for me. It's like when you wake up and you're like, oh, I could do this. You know? Yeah. That's creativity for me. Awesome. I love that. And what, what, I, what that says to me also is, um, you know, I've got this whole thing about the creative weirdo, right? Like being, being weird. And, and I think that's what, it's kind of what we do with ourselves too. It's like, we kind of like, I mean, I guess all of us are, kind of like a lucky dip of personality. Like we're all, you're different things, you know, different things at different times. Like it's very yes. difficult to like, just put it, we put labels on people and look, put labels on ourselves, but it's, it's never accurate because we're different people all the time. Right. And, and we, we see parts of our personality or something or, or ideas or thoughts that we have. And we kind of judge it and say like, Oh, that's a good one. You know, that, that one's going to like get me somewhere and that one's not. Mm. And sometimes you just have to like the stuff that comes up that's that you're like, Oh, I don't like that. You know, that's weird. That's not what I want to be. But sometimes that's the thing that exactly the thing you need or the thing that's going to take you to, you know, so it's, it's for me, it's about like accepting, you know, just this is what, this is what is present for me. Like this is what's coming up and there's a reason for that. Like, so rather than pushing it away and waiting for like, you know, the 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 good thing to happen, I'm just going to just take this one and run with it and maybe something good will happen and maybe something won't, but either way I'm living, I'm experiencing, I'm gaining knowledge, I'm learning. Right. And then that just leads into the next thing and the next thing, instead of sort of just sitting there and judging and just being like, and I've done, I've done plenty of this in my life, you know, just sitting there and just looking at all the things that I'd, don't do as well as I could do or the things that I don't like about myself and just dwelling on that instead of all of the gifts, like all of the good stuff that's there that I'm just ignoring. Just like the, just like the, the feedback, right? Just like the, 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 the thought that goes straight to the negative feedback, Yes. you know, instead of just looking at that, you know, that big list of, of thumbs up and people and likes and people saying, you know, like that's where, that's where you get to focus. Like look at the people that are, you know, the the stuff that's um, stuff that's positive, the people that that are like getting something and just focus on them because Mm -hmm. they're, that's your audience and they're the people you're helping. So 
I have a note on that though. Um, I I would always try in life to um, make sure I have more than one opportunity that I can chase. So uh, it's for me it's a, it's important that I don't feel like I'm forced to choose something. So even if it's gonna be good for me or whatever, uh, I think preparing even if those two opportunities are a bit worse but i think preparing your your own path like like it's like seeing the future a little bit a little bit like investing in future you know if if i do this if i you know if if i see my employer is not in a good uh place in money like money wise then maybe i can tell him hey pay me half this month because maybe next month he'll pay me double you know like mm-hmm. uh it's what the it's what they say you you know you reap what you sow right yep. but at the same time that applies to this because if you if you um you sow um so that you can have more choices in the future then you you're never going to have to or almost never going to have to face the you know that difficult choice well you're never going to have to be forced to do anything in life mm. unless yeah. you you know starving to death or something which is a bit drastic but yeah but you're you're sort of it's like uh it's like investing right it's like the more you you don't instead of putting all your money into the one thing exactly you split it up so that yeah. you know and yeah totally and and i think that's a um we do that emotionally as well right i think yes. you know i've done that also a lot in the past where i, I start something and then emotionally i'm like okay this is going to be it this is the thing you know and then and then having a lot of expectations around it and then being just completely disheartened when it doesn't just like happen exactly how I want it to happen. It, it so hits like, twice as hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. having like multiple things, I think it also yeah. goes back to that thing of having exactly. like multiple interests as well. Right. And you're not yes. like, you're not holding on so tight. You exactly. can just, you're free to like, to, to, to sort of put time and effort into it, but you don't, yes you don't have to be, you're not, you're not like relying on that feedback or that like instant success. I think that's like, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great point. Cool. So like, yeah. And just before we go, like, do you have any advice? Like what, what advice would you give to someone who's ju- just starting out now in, in the, in the, the industry, in the gaming industry? Huh. This is always a very tough question because every time I get asked this, I feel like there's a different answer coming mm-hmm. <laughs> based on the experience that I've gathered in the last past, uh, I don't know, year, let's right, say. Right. Um, I would say uh, be open to speaking to people. Um, make sure, make sure you, you're all, you always leave the doors behind open. Um, in case you have to run back because <laughs> uh i've i've been a a bridge burner my whole life like i i think like i think in the uk it's not is it is it is it legal to leave a bad recommendation unless someone has done something really really wrong i wouldn't say it's illegal but it's uh it'd be yeah, probably it's not pretty good, right? frowned upon yeah yeah so I, I'm sure if people weren't so polite, I would never get a positive review because the, the way I leave work is 
at, at least when I was working on site, it's always the same. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very good guy. You know, I always say yes to things and if it's good for the project, I'll do it. Um, it has been, it has happened many times where my lo- workload has been um, filled so much that I end up exploding because, you know, I usually take what's best for the project. And um, yeah, I guess my advice from this is, you know, make sure you don't burn bridges and in order not to burn them, uh, make sure you always draw a line between what you have to do, what you can do and what you, you should do. Nice guy me is nice guy me until I say enough. Then you start burning bridges. So I don't think I'm, I'm um, how do you say, a conflictive person. I think I'm too nice. And when I stop being nice, then a problem occurs. So be very nice, but draw the line. It's important, as, as important as being nice. So I think that's my long, very long piece of advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's great advice. Though. I, I totally agree. Like boundaries is, that's also something I, I, I've struggled with as, a, as a, also a nice guy, you know, it's, but it's actually sometimes the nicest thing you can do is to draw the line and say, right, exactly. you know, this, it's not, there's nothing wrong with saying like, this is where the limit is and yep. being clear. And that yep. way you're protecting yourself, but you're also being kind to the other people because, because nobody, wa- you know, nobody wants to like, push you over the edge but yeah. it's but if you're not communicating it then nobody knows exactly. so yeah exactly. super important to, to know what those lines are and just and just stick to them yep. yeah exactly yeah I've, I've i've had problems like like so that i can exemplify because i realize it might look a bit bad upon myself when i say you know i've always burned bridges but like i've had cases where i had some holidays and um you know trust on me was so big that those holidays were removed because there was just a temporary deadline. Like it wasn't even an important deadline. And you start saying yes to those things and you end up really burnt out. So, you know, and so that's one of the examples or getting paid less or, you know, like accepting a lot of stuff just because you don't want to cause any issues to anyone. You just want to be nice and, and, you know, stay unnoticed and, and whatnot. Yeah, and I've sub, been there. And sub yeah. keep being problematic. Yeah, or taking on too much work and then not being able to li- deliver because you're saying, "Oh yeah, I can do that. I can do that." And then, yeah. but in well, actual fact, it's too much. And then, yeah. and then they're disappointed because you're you're yes. overpromising. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's that's a mistake. You know, I only made once though, because it 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 that's you're a fast the, learner. <laughs> I'm still, no, I'm still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the most stressing things for me, man. Yeah. Not able. I I think. I, I've never been unable to deliver since I learned that lesson. Like it's super stressful, man. When mm-hmm. you've got a deadline and you know someone above you is going to have to pay the price, you know, of, of you taking too much work. Like it's when someone else, is, someone else is taking responsibility for your mistakes that I start to feel uncomfortable with, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks so thanks so much for being so like honest and and open and and welcoming to all of these like probing questions. It's been really awesome getting your perspective on this stuff. I have to say, dude, you're a super. You, you make it super easy. Awesome, thanks, man. Yeah, you should be like a psychologist or something. You <laughs> make, yeah, it's like so easy to talk to you. Oh, it's great! Really easy. 
Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. Well, I'm still, yeah, I'm still like, uh, I think I'm learning the ropes a little bit with this whole interview thing, but yeah. uh, uh, hopefully it'll be like, a, you know, I'll be doing this regular and then maybe, maybe we can do a, a second round. Like when we get to like episode 50 or something like that. Absolutely, man. Whenever you want, I'm here. I'm, awesome. I'm open to this. I've had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm willing to do it again whenever you want. Wicked. I appreciate nice. that. If you'd like to learn more about Javier, you can check out his devlog channel on YouTube, uh, which is called Project Foster. He also has a Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash art of Javi. And he also has a blog for his game, which is projectfostergame.com. And you can also find a list of those links in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Creative Weirdo. If you enjoyed what you heard or there was something here that resonated, I'd love to hear from you. What's your hidden superpower that maybe even you didn't know about? And how are you going to unleash it on the world?